You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. God wants his people to prosper, and I believe that he's anointed me to help you to prosper, to go from one level to another level all year, and we're going to break poverty and lack and scarcity, unfulfilled desire over your life. It's going to take you to another level of abundance in God. Come on, take this journey with me. How to win our prosperity edition 2024. Are you ready to break free from the chains of anxiety, stress, and depression? Mike Moore, author and founding pastor of Faith Chapel and host of the How to Win podcast, is here with his new book, Help, My Mind is Under Attack. Learn how to overcome attacks on your mind and live an emotionally healthy life. Grab your copy now, available as ebook on Amazon and paperback on MikeMoore.com. Embark on your journey to complete mental health and emotional peace. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. The word triumph means to win. We win in life. And that's what these podcast lessons are all about, helping you to win. And I'm excited about this new year. I'm excited about my new edition. Last year, I did a leadership edition of how to win. This year, I'm doing a prosperity edition of how to win. I do a Tuesday podcast and a Thursday podcast. And in my Tuesday podcast, I began a new series under the Head of the prosperity, the believer's covenant of wealth. Oh, you want to get that. You can go to MikeMoreMinistries.com, YouTube, pull up my podcast. You can go to my app. Please download my app. I have a Mike Moore Ministry app. It's free. You can download it and you can go back and listen to the things that I'm teaching on Tuesdays. But this Thursday podcast, I don't know when you're getting it. But I have a Tuesday, Thursday podcast, and because they're on demand, you can listen to it anytime you want to listen to it. So I'm going to begin a new series uh, following my Thursday track entitled Poor No More. Poor No More. The series theme in this new series is God's perspective and God's remedy for poverty. God's perspective for poverty and God's remedy uh, for poverty. Each one of these episodes, uh, this is episode one, each one of these episodes, we have a subtopic. Now, Poor No More is our overall series title. But our subtopic for this episode is Good News to the Poor. My goodness. If anyone needs some good news, it's poor people. Good news to the poor. Now, let's let's establish some basic things before we uh, get deep into the lesson. The Bible and these podcast lessons are based off biblical principles. 
Years ago, uh, when I first began to pastor, the Holy Spirit said to me, and I pastored for 41 uh, years and eight months, he said that the word of God is the answer. The word is the answer. So I began uh, with the foundation that everything that I teach would have a biblical foundation. So that translated over into this new season of my ministry. And so these lessons are based off biblical principles. You see, the Bible, the Christian Bible is God's word. It is his perspective. It is his view of all matters of life. The Bible is very clear that there's nothing good about poverty. Absolutely nothing. This lesson is entitled Good News to the Poor. And from God's perspective, there is nothing good about poverty. In fact, God hates poverty. I'll say that again. God hates poverty. Now, notice I didn't say God hates poor people. I didn't say God hates people that don't have a lot. No, I didn't say that. I'm talking about a condition. God hates poverty. Well, you may say, why does he hate poverty? Well, Proverbs 10, 15 in the New Living Translation, it says the wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. Now, let's look at the first part of that text. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. Now, let's look at the word fortress. The word fortress means a place of safety. Fortress, a place of safety. It is a place one stays during an attack. It is designed to protect individuals and people from attacks. Well, money and financial well-being really uh, provides a measure of safety, a measure of safety from future dangers, a measure of safety from financial and economic challenges, a measure of safety from evil people and evil works. Listen, the Bible says that money answers all things. Now, it doesn't answer. It's not that in the text. It's not talking about it answers spiritual things. And it is true that there are some things that money cannot buy. On the other hand, when we look at our text, now we just we just quote from the Bible. It says that the poverty of the poor is their destruction. Well, I right away we can see why God hates poverty, because poverty, the Bible says, is the destruction of the poor. The poor is unable to defend himself or herself from evil and evil people, adverse circumstances. They're unable 
to defend themselves from all kinds of evil for no other reason that they, the poor, don't have financial resources. Well, the poverty of the poor is their destruction, the Bible says. Well, John 10, 10 tells us who the destroyer is. It says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil. That's Satan. Jesus says, but I have come that you might have, let's stop right there, have life and have life more abundantly. But Jesus says, I come or I came so that you might have. The devil comes to take away from you. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion, walketh about sinking whom me may devour. So we right away see that poverty is a work of Satan. Come on, say that. Poverty is a work of Satan. The originator and the author of poverty is Satan. Satan is the author of poverty. Now, remember, I'm not talking about the poor person. I'm not speaking to the value of the poor person, the worth of the poor person. We all have value. Man was created in God's image. We have value. We're not talking about worth and value. We're talking about poverty. We're speaking of poverty, not the poor, but poverty. And the scripture says the destruction of the poor is their poverty. That leads us now to a question. And I'm going to answer several questions in in the rest of the way. And the first big question is, what is it? What is poverty? What is it? We can't overcome anything that we don't understand. If you have an attack on your life, but you don't understand it, it's going to be difficult to overcome it. So what is poverty? Well, number one, poverty is a material condition. Come on, say that. Poverty is a material condition. It's a state of not having things needed. Poverty is a state, is a material condition, is a state of not having things needed. Well, remember, Jesus said, I came that you might have. Jesus wants us to have things that we need. He spoke to it in Matthew 6, 25, 32, talking about taking no thought for our natural material life. Why? Because God take care of the birds. God take care of the lilies. If take care of the birds, take care of the lilies. Jesus said, he'll care for you. Take care of you because he knows what we have need of. Seek first the kingdom. All these things that you have need of will be added to you. So poverty is a material condition. Now, If we stop there and say, okay, that's poverty, period. Poverty is a material condition, period. It's a state of not having things needed, period. Then think about it. The solution would simply be to provide people with things, to give people things. 
But poverty is not just a material condition. Poverty is a mental condition. It is a mental condition. It is a mind that is governed by fear and pride. Poverty is a mindset. It is a mind governed by fear and pride. Let's talk about fear. Many people, they fear not getting. Secondly, they fear not having. And thirdly, they fear losing. Poverty is a a mental condition. It is a mind governed by fear. The fear of not having something. The fear of not getting something. The fear of losing something. You know, it's possible to be wealthy, material, and financial and be poor. Poor in your mind. There are many wealthy, in terms of material possessions, people who have a material poverty mindset. Yes, you can have money and have a poverty mindset because many, and I'm not saying all, but many even wealthy people have a fear of losing, a fear of not having, a fear of losing it all. So they work and work and work and work and neglect other priorities because they are driven by the fear of losing what they have and going back to what they were. That's a poverty mindset. It's a mental condition. But poverty is also a mind governed by pride. 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 There are some people who struggle with receiving. Good meaning uh, Christians, Christians who love God, but they struggle with receiving And then others, even wealthy people, they struggle with haughtiness. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, charge them that are rich in this world, that's material wealth, that they be not high-minded. Wealth, one of the temptations of wealth you don't have to fall into it, is to struggle with a sense of superiority, an elevated sense of importance. There are uh, people, you can tell that they really are up on themselves. In fact, not that they should be proud of their efforts and and, and what they've achieved. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But they have an exalted sense of their importance. They see others on a, a lower level. That's what, G, that's what the scripture said when it says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. It's a mind governed by pride. Some people, their pride hinders them from receiving. Others, their pride uh, 
influences them to have an exalted opinion of themselves, a sense of superiority that they're little people and people, and they will treat you. Some people will treat you as though you're on another level. You're a little person. And then others, they have a, 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 a mindset uh, of, of poverty. They, they, they are proud. You know what I mean? They, they just, they, they, they're puffed up. They, they, they have an exalted mindset of their knowledge. I mean, you, you can tell they, they feel that they're better than other people because they know more than other, other people. So poverty is first, it's a mental condition. Secondly, it is a it, first is a material condition. Pardon me. Number one is a material condition, a state of not having things needed. But secondly, poverty is a a mental condition, a mind governed by fear and a mind governed by pride. But thirdly, poverty is a spiritual condition, a spiritual condition. You say, why is it a spiritual condition? Well, there was no poverty until Adam's sin. Poverty came in on the hills of sin. That's Genesis 3, 17 through 19. Poverty has a spiritual root. It has a spiritual root and can only really, truly, deeply be eradicated by God's word. The way to eradicate poverty is to give people God's word. Now, as, as you know, I pastored for 41 years and eight months. My son, I transitioned the pastorage. My son is now my pastor. He pastored the church that I pastored. I'm in a new season. And in that season, we, we developed from a mandate that God gave us, a ministry care center in downtown uh, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And a part of it was to provide for people's material needs. We, we built, uh, we, inter, uh, we uh, renovated, pardon me, a building downtown, and we put showers in there and, and, and a laundry uh, services in there where, where the homeless could shower, and we also provide assistance to different ministries and different departments to help people to get off their feet. Ultimate goal is to provide housing. But that's the material side. A big part of what our intent with the Ministry Care Center is to share the word because the word is the answer. And you can only truly e eradicate poverty, not just by giving people things. Yes, they need things. That's important. But you can have things that have a poverty mindset. So it's a spiritual root. So what is poverty? We talked about it. Now, second question, why did Jesus come to the earth? Well, Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. He came to undo. That's 1 John 3, 8, 
the latter part of the Amplified Version says, the reason the Son of God was made manifest or visible was to undo, destroy, loosen, dissolve the works of the, the devil had done. So Jesus came to undo the works of the devil, and poverty is a work of the devil. Now, here's the third question, the very important question. What is poverty? Why did Jesus come to the earth? The third question, what was Jesus' strategy? He came to undo the works of the devil, but what was his strategy? What was his plan to undo the works of the devil? Well, he had a twofold plan beyond ministering to people's felt needs. We know he ministered to felt needs because he fed the multitude. Uh, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000 people. He had a treasurer, and the Bible says they gave to the poor out of that treasurer. So we know that Jesus ministered and served people at the felt need level, basic material needs. But beyond that, what was his strategy? What was Jesus' strategy? He has a twofold strategy to preach the gospel to the poor, and to preach the kingdom of God. That was his twofold strategy. Preaching was his major strategy. Let's look at the first part of the strategy, to preach the gospel to the poor. Luke 4, 18 in the New King James Version said, Jesus is speaking. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me to preach. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The word gospel means good news. Jesus says he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. I believe God has anointed me personally, Mike Moore. I believe God has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. That same verse, Luke 4, 18, in the New Living Translation, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now, if you move forward to Luke 7, 22, it's very interesting because John is in prison. He's experiencing some disillusionment. He knows that Jesus is the Messiah, but in his uh, crisis moment, he's doubting. So he sent uh, his disciples to Jesus while he was in prison, and he asked, are you the one, Jesus or should we look for another? Now, he knew who Jesus was. The Spirit of God had spoke to him about Jesus. Jesus was his first cousin. So he knew, he knew, but he's in that dark, damp prison, and his life is on the line, and he's beginning to doubt. So he sent disciples to Jesus, and Jesus responded in Luke 7, 22. Then he told John's disciples, John the Baptist in prison, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Now notice when you look at his evidence, he says, I'm the Messiah, 
and you go back and you tell John everything he believed is true, but notice he says the blind see. These are tangible results, tangible results. The lame walk, tangible result. Leprosies are cleansed. Lepers are cleansed, tangible. Death can now hear. The uh, dead are raised to life. These are tangible results. But then he says, the good news is being preached to the poor. Well, if this good news does not bring tangible results, then Jesus is being very inconsistent because he says, here's my evidence. Here's my proof. Blind sees, those who couldn't hear, hear. Those who couldn't walk are walking. The lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. Well, when he said the gospel is preached to the poor, there has to be, if Jesus is going to be consistent, some tangible results of the poor hearing the good news. And those tangible results is that they're poor no more. See how I work that? See how I unpack that? If the gospel is preached and it is to be consistent, then once it's preached and the poor hear it and act on it, they will be poor no more. So the good news to the poor is they don't have to remain in that condition, that material condition, that mental condition, that spiritual condition. They don't have to remain. That's the good news to the poor. You don't have to remain in that condition. If you're homeless, you don't have to remain in that condition. If you're experiencing lack, you don't have to remain. Scarcity, just barely got enough. You're working from payday to payday. You know, you have unfulfilled desires. You can pay your bill, but you can't do anything you desire to do that's consistent with the godly life, then you don't have to remain in that condition. That's good news. You don't have to be poor anymore. It's good news. You can enjoy a life of abundance and prosperity and success. That is good news. And that's what he preached. Now notice what he did not preach. He did not preach to the blind. When you get to heaven, you're going to be able to see. He did not preach to the lame. When you get to heaven, you're going to be able to walk. He did not preach to those who can speak. When you get to heaven, you're going to be able to talk. He did not preach to the dead. When you get to heaven, you're going to have a whole lot of life. You're not going to be dead anymore. No, he didn't preach that. He didn't preach, well, is spiritual. You just need to get your life together spiritually because that's the more, all this other stuff doesn't matter. He didn't preach that. So if he didn't preach that, why do we preach to the poor that God is not concerned? He don't, he's not concerned. That's cult. That's a cult. That's that prosperity gospel. Why do we say that when it comes to the poor? Why don't we just preach them good news, not build it around our theology? Why can't God want people to do well in life? I mean, to do really well. Why does he want them to be rich? Why can't he want them to be rich? I, I wrote a book entitled Rich is Not a Bad Word. Rich simply means to have an abundance to give and an abundance to live off. That's what it biblically means. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 is the Bible uh, 
answer and definition of what rich mean. Why don't we preach that? Why don't we preach good news to the poor? Well, 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 maybe we'll get into that next year, next next episode, and maybe we'll find out uh, why. Listen, I got to close this episode. I trust that you're being blessed. Go back and listen to it. Meditate on this. You can go to MikeMoore.com. You can download our free Mike Moore app. You can go to YouTube, pull these lessons back, and go back over it and meditate it. We're talking from the subject poor, no more. And in this first lesson, we were talking about our title was Good News to the Poor. But we said that Jesus had a twofold strategy. He preached good news to the poor, but then he preached the kingdom of God. And that's what we're going to talk about in our second episode. What is this kingdom of God? And what is the connection between preaching the kingdom of God and people's material provision and well-being, financial. What is the connection? The Bible says he preached the kingdom of God. Listen, I got to go. I want you to get back in this, look back at this thing. And remember my Tuesday podcast, I'm teaching a series called The Believer Covenant of Wealth. We're going to give you some information that's going to change your life. Uh, this is all I can say in this episode, but listen, I trust you're going to have, and I pray that you have a great rest of the week, and I look forward to seeing you next time.